Okay, let's go. Welcome to another episode of Badminton Science. This will be a different episode um, compared to what we have done um, the last couple of episodes. Uh, this will not be as much sports science as I try to get um, uh, in the usual podcast. Uh, instead, we'll talk about some news that broke this week in um, uh, in the badminton world, and it's uh, Anders Antonsen moving to Dubai. And uh, actually, the reason why I uh, <laughs> why I didn't do a sports science episode was because of time reasons uh, and energy reasons. I'm currently um, quite overwhelmed by how much um, school and I've actually just started a, a new company or it's it's on the way. I've done the website and um, and yeah, so I'm currently uh, in, involved with three companies uh, that's not um, related to my work as a personal trainer, which is kind of insane. I have a lot on my plate, so I thought uh, talking about this move to Dubai is uh, both interesting and um, quite easy for me to uh, to do without much preparation, even though I have prepared. Of course, this is not a, a beginner's podcast. It's, uh, it's professional. But um, uh, before we get started, I, um, I, I, I don't remember if I joked about it in this podcast or the Swedish version or both. But I said like, oh yeah, I have like five viewers and um, sadly that's not including my uh, mom or dad, which is both nice and not nice. Uh, however, now since that joke, um, if you you can even call it a joke, I probably did it in Swedish because uh, it's ca- kind of hard to to make jokes in a different language. Uh, but whatever, um, what I was gonna say is that the podcast has actually grown. Uh, it's increasing increasing every day, so it's it's really fun. See, it's actually. Uh, <laughs> I don't get emotional, but it's really fun because it's. Um, even though this is a less prepared episode, uh, I still prepare quite a lot. So, um, um, so it's fun to get some reward from it. And if you hear uh, me drinking or, or whatever, it's um, it's an energy drink, so it's not a, an alcoholic beverage. Yeah, it's nice. I got got it as a gift. It's uh, it's a taste of white peach, and I'm drinking it in a whiskey glass with ice because it looks nice. Yeah, that's that's my latest thing. But okay, let's not get off topic. So let's talk about why Anders Anson is moving to Dubai. So he said in a video on YouTube, and he talked about it a little bit in the. Um, I think he mentioned it, um, or just made a teaser in uh, the Badminton Experience podcast. However, I will I will talk about the um, the video he uh, he released on YouTube, and he he said he he he's not moving to Dubai just to practice with Victor Axelsen, who is also there, uh, training at NSC. Um, yeah, I don't know really what NSC is, but it's like a sport facility company 
uh, which uh, I think he, it, he um, the company aids uh, Victor Axelsson in uh, in his um, uh, like having a, a good facility, having good people around him, and so on. So um, so I think it's kind of a sponsor for him as well. Uh, but Antonsen says he's not there to train with Victor, uh, even if he's open for like doing sessions sometimes. Uh, however, he, he wants to build a center around himself with staff uh, and members who are there for his uh, improvement and not anyone else's. And um, uh, what we have to think about is, uh, what do you need then to build a, a training center around yourself or even if it doesn't matter if it's around yourself if you want to build a professional uh, center what do you need and um, and what might the costs be so what you need is of course a badminton trainer and when you're at the level that Anderson is there aren't a lot of I don't think there's a lot of trainers who actually can work with him um, that's not really involved in uh, in some sort of um, federation or a club or, uh, or or things like that because Axelsson has um, uh, his I think it's his um, wife's father I think uh, it's some sort of relationship uh, previously to badminton. Um, and I don't know how Antonsen will, will solve that, that problem, but I think he has a coach ready because I don't think he's going to move before he knows who's actually going to be doing the daily trainings with him. So I think he has a, a good uh, trainer and uh, the, the cost of such a trainer is quite high. Um, I read somewhere a couple of years ago that there was a Korean uh, trainer who... Who earned uh, quite a, a lot of money in badminton terms. Uh, I think he earned like ten thousand dollars a month or something. Um, I'm actually gonna Google this. Uh, best paid badminton. Uh, I can't write coach. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, the problem with badminton is it's so hard to find um, uh, information about salaries and stuff because, um, like in football, you can or soccer if you're listening from uh, from America, it's um, um, it's soccer. But but then you know, like, uh, yeah, you just Google it and it's like, do they make that much? But um, yeah, I think that around ten thousand dollars a month is the minimum for a for a top level coach, um, especially in Dubai. Um, or if they have a some lower kind of salary and then um, some bonus or like a, a part of the um, prize money from tournaments. I don't know what the, what they will do. Um, in that regard, but I think there's something like that. So it's going to be expensive uh, anyways. And then you need to have a physiotherapist. Uh, you might even need a strength and conditioning coach. Sometimes those two are related and the same person 
uh, who is a physical therapist, do um, the strength and conditioning work as well. So um, uh, one person has, has a, a bigger picture uh, of, of the athlete, so to speak. And I think that's might, that will probably be what he does because it's uh, instead of working with two people, it's one. Uh, so even if the cost is the same, um, there would be less um, communication mistakes because just going through one person is easier. So after a quick uh, Google session, I figured out that a reasonable price for a personal trainer for one hour in Dubai is around a uh, hundred dollars um, which is I think that a session with me as a personal trainer um, during uh, as of my current employer um, is around 65 to 70 dollars um, and um, when it comes to um, to the more advanced and uh, knowledgeable people with a lot of experience in Dubai, I think the rate can go up two or three times uh, $100 per hour. And I think that's reasonable. So um, um, yeah, I think he's going to be spending quite a lot of money on uh, on that because he might be he might do two to three sessions uh, of strength and conditioning a week. Uh, I think they will do a special deal because you don't pay as much for every hour if you buy like a package deal. Uh, but let's say two hundred dollars um, per per hour. So let's say uh, between four and six hundred dollars uh, just on the strength and conditioning work. Then you have the massages. You have um, uh, other like things that a physiotherapist might do. The taping and uh, um, cupping whatever it might be a total of five hours per week with that person like work hands-on and then we have um, the other part of this uh, equation that is a long-term plan because when you're at Anton's level you don't just plan three months ahead you have about a four year cycle because of the Olympics so his goal, no doubt, is to win the Paris Olympic Games. Like I have no doubt in my mind that that's what he's going for. And by doing that, their plan, they need to have a plan for working together uh, until um, August 2024. Uh, and that might also change the equation. I think maybe there's a company in Dubai that uh, uh, like higher... Uh, strength and conditioning coaches to uh, yeah I think they have like a consulting business there I don't know if they don't have it they should start one I might have to move there and, and work out with him um, but yeah and anyways so so say okay so around two thousand dollars a week uh, <laughs> that's so much money it's insane like that can't be right. N no, two hundred. No, a thousand dollars a month. Yeah, that's that's more reasonable. Uh, for the strength and conditioning coach, uh, and probably the physical therapist as well. 
he will need some sort of uh, nutritionist and uh, that's not something that you work on with on a daily basis it's more of a um, you play a, you pay kind of a big sum for uh, like uh, yeah you can do a, a collaboration for over a year if you want to um, but mainly it's um, it, you get uh, analysis of uh, how you're eating right now. You do some tests on body fat and um, you look at your diet. Like a, you do a, sort of a journal where you uh, write down everything you eat in a couple of days. Uh, when you eat, how much um, and when you practice and how you feel and so on and so on. And then you do an analysis of that and uh, the results will then give the nutritionists some guidelines of okay so that's basically how a week looks like and uh, we need to change this or uh, do that differently so it depends on person to person i don't think he's gonna work that much with a nutritionist but of course there will be one involved when you're at that level you can't afford not to uh, to spend money on a nutritionist but i don't think that will cost him a lot of money um I think the rate will be, yeah, probably the same uh, as a, a physical therapist, but not for the same amount of hours. So maybe $200 a month on nutritionist. And then you have some mental preparations and like there are a lot of different, uh, you have sports psychology, you have mental coaches, you have uh, um, mindset coaches like there are a lot of different mental aspects of this as well and i don't know i know he has a mental coach right now i don't know if he will move there with him or how how that looks but he will do something uh to improve his mental game as well and i i this part i i can't see. I have no knowledge whatsoever about how that, how much you work with that, or um, so. But if you were to do a sports psychology, uh, I've read a course, uh, quite um, extensive course in in sports psychology, and I've been reading a lot of literature on the topic as well. And uh, yeah, I think you can do if you want to do sports psychology, you can do from once a week up to like five times a week um, usually it's more common in uh, team sports because they ha they can hire full-time sports uh, psychologists who work with people but i don't i don't think that he that antelson will need uh, a sports psychologist that often i think he will work with some sort of a mindset coach or mental coach uh, which might be a hundred dollars an hour um yeah Depending on who it is, of course. If he hires David Goggins, it's going to be expensive and difficult. So, um, so yeah, that's that. And uh, he will also need to find a facility to work out in. He will need a gym membership, which can be ex extremely expensive in Dubai. So he will be, be spending a lot of money on uh, on this center. And, of course, the shuttles he needs. But he, I think he's going to get some, some really big sponsors to um, to pay for it. Like, he's, he's currently sponsored by Victor. Not Victor Axelsen, but Victor the Benton brand. And uh, I think they will... Uh, 
make sure he has uh, shuttles to to practice with and yeah i think they will help him uh, quite a lot with this and uh, he said that he will uh, a big part of why he moved to dubai was because there are no taxes in dubai and uh, doing a center here in in i'm 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 a Swedish res resident and I think we have higher taxes here, but it's kind of the same. So it's really high. Like if he, if he were to make, it, let's just, let's just say he, he makes 10,000 uh, euros uh, or $10,000 a month here in, in the North. Let's just say that. I have no idea how much he makes. Then he will probably lose, um, Forty to forty-five percent of that in taxes, like straight off, uh, and then of course we have some different taxes as well. In Sweden, we have a tax that uh, if you earn, uh, like if you earn under say forty-five, say five thousand dollars a month, if you earn less than that, you pay thirty-three. <clears throat> That's so hard to say, thirty-three percent taxes. But when you earn over five thousand. Then the rest of that um, you will pay fifty five percent tax on, which is kind of insane. I'm I'm really against that, um, but that's a different topic. It's not supposed to be political here. I hate when you do sports to something political. I hate it. But uh, since he has no taxes in in Dubai, he can build the center there. In uh, in the north, it will be almost impossible. Like even if it's Denmark, Norway, Sweden, whatever, it's kind of impossible because of the taxes. So um, uh, he has the opportunity to to then start his uh, his center and and not pay taxes. But I think you pay taxes after a few years in Dubai. Um, I think it's they have some sort of law around that. I've heard. Uh, but yeah, so um, let's move on. He also says that Dubai is perfect for him because uh, it's kind of in the middle between Europe and Asia, which means that he can. Um, it's easier to find sparring partners from Asia and Europe uh, because if he were to set up his uh, training center in Denmark, he would primarily be able to use like Danish um, players, yeah, like uh, European players. Um, which is quite limited, um, but if he moves to Dubai, he can use both Europeans and Asians um, to have different sparring partners and uh, so on. So that's um, that's a really good reason. And since it's in the middle, then he will, when he travels, he will have less flying time, which is really important, and also uh, decreased jet lag. And jet lag is something that every athlete who travels a lot struggles with. Um, doesn't matter who you are. Like I traveled to Thailand for, yeah, I think it was like four years ago. And I think the time difference is six hours. So uh, when it's 12 uh, at like around lunchtime here in Sweden, um, uh, it's uh, six o'clock in the evening um, in Thailand. And I was, like, I couldn't think for a week. Like, I was so stupid. I couldn't remember anything. I, like, I started a sentence and then I got lost in the middle of the sentence because I didn't remember what I said or what I was, what point I was trying to make. I was stupid. 
uh, my friend even said to to her friend like yeah he's not this stupid normally um he's jet lagged so yeah uh yeah anyways so so that's a big reason and i understand that but there is also a bigger issue uh with with jet lag and that's that um you might not perform as well as you could have uh, in the tournament and that's not good at all but you also lose quality in your practice sessions leading up to the tournaments as well and then when you get back home and try to get um i haven't said that word in when you're trying to get used to the time difference so you lose a lot of um, training sessions uh, before and after each tournament because of the jet lag and that will be reduced reduced now and i totally understand that it's it's a really good um, choice and um, if you don't live in europe then you might not know that we have like nine months if you if you are at like the scandinavian part uh, we have like darkness and cold um no sun for like nine months it's horrible um it's just raining and, and stuff and he said uh, in his video that like he wants the better weather um and i understand it because you can we have like a vin winter depression here in uh, in uh, in scandinavia which is like it's a we say it um not it's not like a diagnosis from your doctor we say it like kind of as a joke but we all know that it's kind of true that you don't feel as happy uh, during the nine uh, winter months um and uh, yeah that will um anderson not uh, be a part of anymore because you will have it kind of always nice weather now and i understand that because uh, he he can actually um, go out and, and just enjoy the sun, get some vitamin D and, and just um, relax in different ways. So I support that. But he said he, do, he don't know how he, he, he will do in the summer because it might get like 45 degrees Celsius uh, in the summer. So he probably won't live there during the summer. But um, uh, he, he didn't speak that much about just uh, yeah around that point. And uh, I want to talk about the limitations and the problems for him living in in uh, Dubai. And I think there are a lot of temptations in uh, in Dubai uh, since you can uh, go out every night. You have nice restaurants, you have uh, beaches, and uh, there is a lot of like money if you if you can say so in in Dubai. And uh, the temptations uh, might be difficult. It might be really hard to um, to stay away from it. Uh, however, I think that when you reach a level that Anderson has reached, like you can handle the temptations. Like you don't accidentally find yourself in a world championship final or world number two on the rankings. Like you don't just stumble into it. You have to be insanely good and really disciplined and. Um, like yeah, it's hard. So I think he will, he will handle it without a doubt. I think that he might be. Uh, I think he he might actually feel 
like happy <laughs> that you don't have the like because if you live in uh, in the north in Scandinavia as I've said like in the winter months you can't even go out so um, uh, like yeah do I want to walk out in a snowstorm to drink some cold beverage um, and get even more cold or uh, should I stay home um, which might be really good for recovery it could be but I think um, um, yeah, I think he will. I don't think it will be a problem for him. I think actually he might uh, be a person who feels good doing that. Um, like in Sweden, we have Slatan um, uh, Ibrahimovic, which is uh, yeah. If you don't know, then just turn off this podcast and not listen to me again. Uh, he's our biggest sports star, and um, like yeah, he had some. Uh, he he wrote in his book that he had. He have some kind of needs just to to not just stay in a hotel room and, and just lay still and be passive. So, like everyone's different. I don't know. I don't. I have never talked to Anderson, so I don't know him. But I think he might uh, really uh, fit the part of of living in Dubai. Actually, then uh, we'll move on to a uh, um, like it's really expensive. So even if you don't have taxes in Dubai, it's really expensive with food and. Um, living costs and um, you basically you have to have a car and yeah it's it's gonna be expensive uh, anyways um, and then I think just like finding the right um, staff and members in his team will be a big uh, not the problem but it, it's gonna be um, it's gonna take a lot of time and effort and um, and it might be really really hard to do so but as I've said, I think he really has, I think he already has found some, some good coaches and, um, and trainers and um, facility managers and whatever, uh, because I don't think he just moves there without, uh, without having a plan. And uh, yeah, I, I can say that I really support his choice of, of doing this. I think more people should actually think about going independent um, just because... We need to kind of do that because we are kind of behind in badminton. Like tennis is totally independent um, to a point which is also not good <laughs> because uh, if you're not top player, then you don't earn anything. You, if you have, if you are lucky, you break even financially. So, um, so I think that the mix will be really good um, in badminton. But I, I really support his his choice and. Uh, uh, yeah, I know he jokes about <laughs> being uh, like. He, I think he introduces himself in his vlogs as uh, your favorite badminton player, um, and actually he kind of is my favorite badminton player. So, um, uh, so yeah, I support him. It's gonna be fun to uh, to see how how uh, this goes. Like I was really skeptical when Axison did um, did his move to Dubai. But uh, as we know, it has played out quite well for him, and I think that Axelsen will uh, or Anderson will do a really good job of uh, um, of um, finding his own way uh, in the sport. And um, yeah, I just think he he does it in the perfect moment as well um, with uh, with him like almost starting over, as he also have said. Um, previously because his ranking will drop so much in January so I think 
I'm really excited to see how this goes, and I'm um, I'm a big supporter of what he's doing. I think he will he will actually like not just um, in playing badminton himself. I think he and Axelsen will will do so much for the sport, um, not just like promoting it and um, uh, and playing memorable matches. I think. That they will open up ways for every player to to go their own way, uh, in a sense. Um, they take risks of moving and starting their own things, and um, yeah, I think they they do really good um, things for badminton as of right now, and um, hopefully I can I can sign <laughs> Anderson on my in my new company. I hope so. Uh, no, that was a, I said it as a joke, but of course, if you, <laughs> I'm not gonna say no. I'm not gonna say no. It's it's about marketing uh, and sports. So, um, uh, so yeah. Um, but anyways, really, um, it's 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 gonna be so fun to see. I hope he he continues. I I know he said he's he's gonna like probably not post as often uh, on his YouTube channel. And that sucks because I really enjoy his vlogs. Because I think he's he's sort of the only one doing vlogs. I know Axison had a YouTube channel uh, way back, but he doesn't post anything anymore. And uh, just following Anderson in in his vlogs is um, is super exciting. I think that he, like marketing wise, I think that he and yeah, yeah, mostly him, but also like Wittinghus in 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 some sense. But basically, uh, or um, more so, Antonsen is doing a really good job marketing the sport uh, because he's doing the vlogs. He's active on social media. Um, he shows like the life of a of a professional badminton player and. Uh, does it in a really good way. He has the podcast with Wittinghus, which is uh, amazing if you're a fan of badminton. Um, and he's doing a lot of projects. Um, and like, yeah, he, he does so many good things for the sport. And I'm, I think the more people should actually consider doing what he's doing. Just uh, doing a vlog. Um, being more active on social media and... Um, I just try to to um, uh, to get people to 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 get people to f get a connection with you because um, like I want to follow every uh, like top badminton player, but a lot of them don't write um, the captions in English or it's just <laughs> like commercials, uh, which I like. I I can't even buy this product. I'm I'm in Sweden. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I want to follow people, but if they don't speak English, then it's hard. And and Anderson has done a fantastic job of of uh, doing the vlogs and um, and the the social media stuff. And Wittinghus and some other Danish player have uh, learned. Uh, they have learned different languages, like Axis and speaks Mandarin. Uh, is Bahasa Bahasa? I don't know how you pronounce it, but I think Vitinius um, can communicate with uh, some Indonesian uh, players. Um, and like, yeah, it's um, 
they're doing good. I think that uh, that more people should actually do what um, what Axison is doing. So yeah, start a vlog. Uh, do it. Do it. It doesn't have to be professional. Just do it in English, and uh, and it's fine. Uh, so okay, the last thing I'm gonna talk about today, because that was not uh, scripted, <laughs> what I said about uh, Anderson. Um, but what I what I'm I want to like speculate in what will happen in Denmark, because uh, now Axelsen and Anderson has left. The two best players uh, have uh, moved from Denmark, from the center. So what will happen? Will it be good or will it be bad? I think it's gonna be really good, actually. Um, of course, there's a huge loss of not having the two of the top three players in the world playing at the center. Of course, that would be a huge loss. But for badminton Denmark, it would mean more resources for like uh, Erasmus Gemke, who uh, like he was just in the final of French Open against Axelsen. Uh, he would get more focus from Jonasen, Kenneth Jonasen, the, the head coach, and um, the other men's singles players from Denmark will also get more. Um, resources because of that. Um, the women women singles um, they have. I, I just saw the, the the rankings today, and Mia Blickfeldt uh, has dropped to um, to rank thirty. She's actually now the third best uh, ranked the, the Danish player. So they have, but yeah, I would also I would call her a top twenty five player. So they have three top twenty five players. Um, in women's singles, and then they have Astrup Rasmussen in in doubles, and they have a lot of other couples as well. Uh, Alexandra Boye and Matthias Christiansen. Uh, women doubles, I don't really know, uh, but like of course they are not bad <laughs> in any. Like it's it's a really good badminton nation, so I think that they will actually. Re I think we will see an improvement in every category from Danish badminton because of this. And I'm really, really excited just to see how, uh, how yeah, they have at uh, ranked 17 in the world, they have Frugard and Thygesen. I don't really know how you pronounce that, but um, yeah, so they have one pair in top 20 in in women's double also. So so I think that they will they, there will be a lot of um, more resources spent on... Uh, other categories as well and more resources on Gemke which means that I will ha probably have uh, three men's singles player in I would assume top eight or ten maybe um, in six in a year's time maybe so yeah I think that Denmark is um, is really going to be the uh, will be a really difficult nation to beat but then also China is on the way up so yeah uh, anyways I'm not going to talk about China right now so I think that uh, because of Kenneth Jonasson's experience uh, as a coach and just like creating these mega stars and like making players improve uh, I think that that badminton Denmark will um, will grow and will be yeah, I think they we might see a Thomas Cup uh, victory uh, next year. I think I wouldn't be surprised, uh, or at least twenty twenty four. So yeah, that was uh, that was everything in today's episode, and I I hope that you're listening to this, uh, Anders Antonsen, um, 
I uh, yeah. Anyways, I I just wish you good luck. Uh, I think it's a good choice from from him to to do this move. So yeah, that was everything for today. Next episode, I will talk about uh, deload week, so it will be more sports science based. And uh, I think that it might be time for a more sports science thing. But I can also say that I will probably move next week. So it might not come out an episode next week. I hope it will. Because, uh, yeah, this podcast has been growing and I want to continue to making it grow. And hopefully, like, the title Anders Antonsen will uh, will make people uh, listen. So, yeah clickbait but also not clickbait this is nothing uh, yeah actually this is nothing like clickbait so anyways thank you for listening i will uh, i will talk to you soon again have a, have a good time bye bye